You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm Gordy. Maybe an AI person make pictures again. It's just still out in the wastes. Uh, this is a this is maybe a good episode to make some AI pictures. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as some of you may know and some of you may not, this is a show where I'm going to tell uh, Gordy and Tyler a story, folk tale, fairy tale, or similar old ye oldy times tale. Um, that either of them have heard before, and uh, then shenanigans. Occasionally we fix it, usually we break things further. Um, and I ran into a wee bit of a problem this week. Uh, so we, we still have Gordy on the like Mad Max rig, smoke signals turned audio uh, kind of situation, and the next tale I had in my uh, listener-suggested lineup just kind of kept going spiraled out of your control it, like my fingers were rough by the end of it and it was definitely going to be a multi-parter which i don't want to run the mad max rigs through <laughs> so we, da- we dare not chance that luckily i have a little gem that i kind of kept uh, a link to at the very top of my document for emergency situations um so are you two ready to hear Another Carl Sandburg rutabaga story. Oh, God. The perfect source for AI inspiration. Ready is such a complicated term. So there is, a co- there is a copy of the rutabaga stories on Wikisource, which is uh, what I am using from here on out anytime we need like an emergency rutabaga bomb <laughs> to go off in the podcast. <laughs> Um, and I'm just gonna that go. That might be the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just gonna go down through the chapters in order. This is my, um, you know, Monkey King uh, <laughs> nightmare for you this guys. Is, yeah, this is the the next book that we'll read cover to cover. <laughs> Carl Sandburg's whimsical tales of the Rutabaga country. Um. So this. He might be the only person who I would, like, if asked, I wouldn't be sure if Sun Wukong could kick his ass or not. Uh, yeah, I would not I, I would not bet on the outcome of that particular fight. I think even the cherry man trembles at the name of Carl Sandberg. <laughs> and rutabagas apparently do something to you. Uh, so our last Carl Sandberg story was the one with the hat that had a wild-ass title. And it was long, a lot of pages ago, so I'm not going to be able to find it in any kind of reasonable time. Um, and it does not get any better than that. So we are going to start with 
the first story on the wiki source version of this um, this book here, which is how they broke away to go to the Rutabaga country. This is our roadmap. <laughs> the story will orient us so that we always know where we are in life and in Carl Sandbergland. In regards to Rutabaga country. I feel like this story could maybe orient you for, for all things. By orient you, I mean the opposite of that. So are you two ready to dip your toe back in to the imagination of Carl Sandberg, the modern er Dalnois? Yeah, let's fucking do it. Um, just a reminder for those of you who have not listened to the Carl Sandberg previous episode or have forgotten out of personal safety reasons. Uh, this is a book that was written in the early 1920s. Um, so not like our traditional folk tales, but a, a 1922 publication by Carl Sandburg. All right, here we go. Gimme the Axe lived in the house where everything is the same as it always was. Gimme. This man's name is Gimme, G-I-M-M-E. The Axe. That's his, that is his Christian name. And what's he known for? Uh, living in a house where everything's normal. <laughs> yeah, checks out. Uh, he would, like, comment on how the same everything was, listing out the features of the house. Like, the chimney sits on top of it and lets the smoke out, and doorknobs open doors, and windows are either open or shut, and people are either always upstairs or downstairs in this house. The implication is that this, like, board gave me the axe. That he was. Yeah, what. I'm already terrified, Carmen. What was the <laughs> cursed object in the popcorn story? Um, it was a. a wincher? Yeah, the gold wincher. Mm hmm. It's gonna overhear him complaining about how normal his life is and turn his dick into snakes or something. <laughs> Do you know how much it costs to get a house where doorknobs open doors and the chimneys on top and actually let smoke ha out? Like, I You're was good. I was like poking around real estate listings a while back, and there was one. I think it, I can't remember if it was in California or Portland. You know, one of the places where you don't want to be buying a home, and there was a burnt out crisp of a house that was selling for like four hundred thousand dollars it didn't a have steal. a roof anymore it needs some work but at this <laughs> price a steal sold as is so yeah give me the axe needs to sit his ass down and appreciate that his his doorknobs open the doors but the implication is is very strong that this bored the shit out of give me the axe that like his house was so predictable and normal uh, so his solution to this boredom is to let the children name themselves. All right, I'm on board. I've changed I don't know. my mind completely. Give me the axe as that... a, a sage among men. <laughs> um, there is never, like, a mother counterpart mentioned. Uh, it is implied that the children just kind of show up. <laughs> they, they just sort of appear in Gimme the Axe's life. Perhaps a Pied Piper. Yeah, unless, like, kids can just pop out at any point. 
and this is considered normal in his home yeah like if you're just living your life um like playing a game or or trying to accomplish a goal and then all of a sudden there's like a little toddler in your house in a diaper staring at you and being like where is the (laughs) cheez-its i am your responsibility now feed me the cheez-its um so yeah he was gonna let the children name themselves with the first words that they speak as soon as they learn to make words I am all on board with that because he's going to have kids named like Poogle Drag or something. So the first boy came to the house of Gimme the Axe and he was named Please Gimme. It's the first phrase he put together. Is, Please Is this how Gimme. Gimme got his name also? I guess. Like his father before him? And then the first girl came to the house of Gimme the Axe and her name is Ax Me No Questions. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we got a mad magazine household here. Both of the children had shadows of valleys by night in their eyes and light of early morning when dawn breaks on their foreheads. In case you needed to know what they looked like. So they're bald kids with dark bags under their eyes. The hair on top of their heads was a dark wild grass. They love to turn the doorknobs which open the doors and run out to have the wind comb their hair and touch their eyes and put its soft <laughs> its six soft fingers on their foreheads. So the wind Same. has mood. six fingers. Big mood. <laughs> love when the wimbus touches my eyes. Love to turn the doorknob to get the wimbus to touch my eyes. <laughs> touch me, wimbus. Touch me with your six soft fingers. <laughs> No more children came. So Gimme the Axe said to himself, Well, my first boy is my last boy, and my last girl is my first girl. And they picked their names themselves. All in all, a successful experiment or whatever. (laughs) Yep, that's the state of things right now. Uh, So please, Gimme grew up and his ears got younger. And Ask Me No Questions also grew up and her ears also got longer. And they both kept living in the house. Like, fucking millennials. Uh, so they learned to say like their father did, complaining about how the chimney's at the top of the house and it just lets smoke out and doorknobs open doors and windows are open or shut, etc, etc. After a while, they began asking each other in the cool air of the evenings after they had eggs for breakfast in the morning and apparently nothing happening in between. Who's who? How much? And what's the answer? The three great questions of life. What was the last one? And what's the answer? What What is the answer? I, I don't know. They just ask each other. They eat eggs and then they like hang out until it gets nightfall. And then they ask these three questions of each other and that's their life. And nobody answers. <laughs> no one anyone. answers them. They just ask them. That's how That's how they converse. That's the conversation in the house. Is them like <laughs> like weird, creepy parrots with grass hair. And shadow eyes. I can see why he was bored if he was doing this alone before there were children. (laughs) It is too much to be too long anywhere, said the tough old man, Gimme the Axe. And the kids answered, it is too much to be too long anywhere. So this concluded they sold everything they had. Their pigs, their pastures, their pepper pickers, their pitchforks, everything except their rag bags and also some other stuff. Not just the long things? Not just, yeah, everything, except for some things. (laughs) Oh, that clears it up. (laughs) 
So the neighbors see them selling off their stuff in part and parcel and speculate that they're going to Kansas, to Kokomo, to Canada, to Kankakee, to Kalamazoo, to Kamchatka, to the Chattahoochee. Are they having strokes? <laughs> Everyone all at once. <laughs> this family might be a stroke. Like, just a... Just to witness it. Just the typhoid Mary of strokes. They just wander through and strokes happen. One little sniffer with his eyes half shut and a mitten on his nose. That's just what this town is. Uh, he laughed in his hat five ways. Um, so he's a one-piece character. He's five one-piece characters. I love him. And he said, they're going to the moon. And when they get there, they will find everything is the same as it always was. Carmen, you don't realize how much of a one-piece character he is. <laughs> I, I sensed it. I smelled it in the wind when I wrote that note down. That could just be dialogue. Yeah. Give me five one-piece laughs because I remember none of them. You want five of them? Let me this, pull yeah. up the list real quick. This kid laughs in his hat five ways, and that's the only the only place I know that would have five different laughs on hand at any moment. Well, first and foremost is Darishishishi. Right, okay, that's one way. Ka-ba-ba-ba-ba. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> mama, mama, mama. I don't like any of it. Ga 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 ga. And piro 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 piro. All I at once. How, I don't know how anyone can laugh like any of those ever. <laughs> Gordy, I mean, what the is this she, 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 she. makes sense. Yeah, what what have you created, Gordy? That's a creepy parrot with grass hair and shadow eyes. <laughs> All right. So, so them's the children, huh? Those are the children as described. Just walk up to your pictures. doors. I try to sell you Girl Scout cookies and magazines. <laughs> so Gimme the Axe put all the money from selling everything into his rag bag. And he took his children to the railroad station. The ticket agent there was selling railroad tickets, same as always. And he asks... Give me the axe if he wants a ticket to go away and come back, or if he wants a ticket to go away and never come back, all while wiping sleep from his eyes. That is the most ominous way to ask if it's one way or a round trip. It is, but I do kind of love it. Like, I would love if this is how tickets worked for things. You <laughs> Do you want to you go away and come back? Or you want to go away and never come back? Which way? It's early. I'm tired. <laughs> I don't care where you're going. I just need to know if you're coming back or not. Am I going to have to deal with you again? I don't you're give a shit about you. Uh, so Gimme the Axe says, Give us a ticket to where the railroad tracks run off into the sky and never come back, and send us as far as they go, and then 40 ways farther yet. And instead of telling Gimme the Axe, Hey, it's fucking six in the morning. <laughs> Are you going to Kokomo or Ken? Kankakee or Kalamazoo or the Chattahoochee. Like, just give me a fucking destination. Um, the ticket agent acts like this is a completely normal ask and says, so far? So early? So soon? And he wipes more sleep from his eyes. I would says, I'll give you a new trip. ticket. <laughs> I would immediately cancel if the ticket agent said that to me. So far, so early, so soon? Yeah, they know something that I Regardless don't. Regardless of where I'm, you're going? It it yeah, it can't end well if that's how it begins. I will take the hint and I will leave. <laughs> so the ticket agent says, I'll give you a new ticket. It blew in. 
He just grabbed it off the wind, I guess. It is a long, slick... And it's a valid ticket? <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how it works here. Uh, this ticket... That... Oh, this is clearly counterfeit, but I will honor it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a long, slick, yellow leather slab ticket with a blue spanch across it. And I looked so up not a ticket. I looked up spanch, much like we looked up wincher. Yeah. And much like with wincher... Did not reveal a lot of results. Unlike with Wincher, the results it did reveal are rather horrifying. Uh, because the closest thing to actually trying to answer the question of what the fuck a spanch is, is uh, an urban dictionary and a slang define. Uh, so the urban dictionary defines it as a word that comes out of your mouth when your brain malfunctions because said brain is calling all processes not geared toward achieving a perfect run which I assume is some sort of like speed running game situation <laughs> I would slang, assume so slang define um, is way grosser just like real nasty um what you would expect Urban Dictionary to define it as. So, this is just either this is either a dumb ticket or a real icky ticket this guy has has gotten. So, give me the X. Thanked the ticket agent once and twice, and instead of thanking him a third time, he paid him out of the the rag bag, which is probably what he should have done for the first time. So the Axe family gets on the train. They ride to the place where the tracks run into the blue sky, and they keep going, and the train does just like paragraphs of onomatopoeia that I did not feel like writing down. <laughs> Sometimes Gimme the Axe would look in his pocket and take out the long, slick, yellow leather slab ticket with the blue spanch across it, and he would say, Not even the kings of Egypt with all their climbing camels and all their speedy, spotted, lucky lizards ever had a ride like this, he said to his children displaying significant knowledge of Egyptian culture and creatures. <laughs> Just like real in-depth knowledge there. It's beyond me. Then something happened. Yeah. A first for the story. They met a train running on the same track in the opposite direction. Uh-oh. Met is uh, not the word I would use there. Train, train kiss? Um, well, you would think, yeah, when someone says something happened and there's a train coming in the opposite direction, that something would happen. and On the same track. Yeah, like an event would occur. At the same time. Um, but instead, the trains passed each other and the children are like, what the fuck? How'd that happen? Ghost train. And their father calmly explains, with the same sort of knowledge that he has about the uh, kings of Egypt, that one train went over and the other train went under. Because this is the over and under country that they're riding through right now. Oh, why didn't you fucking say so? Nobody gets out of the way here. They just go over or under, which is not the same as getting out of the way, in case you were asking. I would have known that if you told me it was over under country. This is Phantom Tollbooth Calvin Ball. Thank you. I was trying to figure out like what this reminded me of. Cause, it uh, is I mean, definitely other than... Phantom Tollbooth. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Gobble yeah. Book. <laughs> yeah, but that, that book makes a lot more sense. Next, they came to the country of the balloon pickers, where the balloon crop hung in the sky, 
<laughs> How whimsical. Indeed. They were Delightful, red. even. There were red, blue, and yellow balloons growing in the sky. White, purple, and orange balloons. Peach, watermelon, and potato balloons. All the classic colors. <laughs> Rye loaf and wheat loaf <laughs> balloons. Mm. Link sausage and pork chop balloons. The balloon harvest is bountiful. It's quite advanced to have different kinds of bread. Just all stuffed with helium and floating away. The balloon pickers walked on high stilts picking the balloons. And baby pickers have to. walked on baby stilts and picked baby balloons instead of letting them fucking grow. I, I, I guess like yeah, that's... sprouts and things are a thing. For a reason. I guess. And lamb. So there's like lamb levels of balloon. Uh, and when the babies fell off of their stilts, the balloons that they had in their hands kept them in the air until they could get on the stilts again. How do they reach the stilts if they fall over? Um, They're stuck in the air. Balloons? Well, More balloons? So that's a good question, Tyler. Stilt balloons. Maybe, yeah. Maybe the stilts have balloons. The stilts balloons have balloons. To I keep see. them upright, yeah. So balloon ex- country has it all figured out. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a thriving balloon economy. They they know how to work their way around a balloon field. <laughs> so, ask me no questions. Asked her father, "Who's that in the sky, climbing like a bird in the morning?" You you know the, how morning birds climb different from other birds at other times. I wouldn't know. I'm not awake. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, though. It definitely is too. a thing that happens. Birds so, might as well be different in the morning. I wouldn't fucking know. So her father, who knows everything from the lifestyle of the kings of Egypt to the particularities of these countries, says that the the person in the sky climbing like a bird in the morning was singing too happily, and the songs came out of his neck and made him so light that the balloons pil- pulled him off his stilts. Is that painful? songs like coming out of your neck yeah probably i mean it is if you're the cast of les mis and you're told to sing at full full bore for an entire shooting day so yes Uh, so ask me no questions asks will he ever come back to his own people and her father says yes his heart will get heavy when his songs are all gone and he'll drop down to his stilts again and it'll be fine depression will bring him back home (laughs) good to know how nice so the train continued going with more paragraphs of onomatopoeia and Gammy the Axe tells his kids to keep their eyes open because the next country they're visiting is the country where clowns come from clouds or clowns clowns clown country yeah the Pennywise origin story the egg museum did we talk about clown eggs already I feel Probably, like you did. Yeah. I feel like you brought it up it's previously. A, it's a very good scene in the Terry Pratchett Men at Arms book. We've had this conversation already. Um, I don't know that uh, it's a thing outside of Terry Pratchett's Men at Arms, but it might be. It is. It's real. <laughs> if you eat one of those clown eggs, you gain its strength and all its powers. Mm. And its makeup. Just like the Santa and, Claus. And the rights to its... Wait, if you eat Santa Claus, that happens? What? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what Tim Allen did. Yeah. Tim Allen ate Santa Claus. Did he eat him in the movie? 
Well, see, that's everyone thinks it's because he put the coat on, but what they didn't see was that he accidentally ingested some of Santa's dead skin cells. Mm, I see. In the act of putting the jacket on, they, some of them entered his mouth, and he did digest them. Well, the jacket is part of Santa, Santa Claus. So, like, basically, Tim Allen skinned a Santa Claus, and he prepared the meat. And basically. became a Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Basically, that's, that's that, what I'm saying. That's how that movie went. You just have to read between the lines a little bit. Like, don't ever just watch a movie at surface level. Come on. Use your fucking brains. <laughs> That's why it's Analyze dangerous it a to little thrift. Bit. It makes movies way more fun if you just make up new details for yourself. <laughs> it does. To be, fair. to be fair. To be fair, it definitely that's, does. That's what we did. That's what the three of us did in that apartment pretty much all the time. So <laughs> that's our main source of entertainment. Um, so they make it to clown country and they see cities with ovens. Long ovens and short ovens and fat stubby ovens and lean lank ovens. And all of these ovens, in all of their shapes, are for baking different shaped clowns. So clowns are like uh, Wonder Woman. They, does what? Wonder Woman have to be baked? <laughs> she was forged from clay. Uh, oh, oh, I assume she... that a kiln was involved at some point. So Wonder Woman is a golem? In some instances. Depends on who's telling the backstory. Huh. Does she have, like, the sheet of paper with the, the words on it in her mouth somewhere? Maybe. Is that her tongue? I don't, remember the, I don't remember the full interpretation. So after each clown was baked, it was taken into the sunshine and put up to stand like a big white doll with a red mouth leaning against the fence. Clown Country's a fucking horror show. <laughs> it's un- uncomfortable. Two men would come along to each baked clown... One threw a bucket of white fire over it, and the other pumped a wind pump with living red wind through the red mouth. He has to know. These are what this... make a clown. He has to know that this sucks, right? <laughs> that this is like sucks in a horrifying way, or yeah, like when he wrote this, he knew that like this is all this is all unpleasant. He had intention. This is a threat. This is the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> so yeah, clowns, it turns out, are baked like clay dolls, baptized in white fire, and brought to life with red wind. Because <laughs> um, when the, this ritual is complete... They're Power Ranger villains. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Uh, the clown would rub its eyes, open its mouth, twist its neck, wiggle its Scream! Ears, Scream <laughs> into the night! Wriggle its toes, and jump away from the fence to begin turning handsprings, cartwheels, somersaults, and flip-flops in the sawdust ring. Oh, I hate that. Isn't that... Yeah, I bet it's laughing, too, the whole <laughs> they time. They are born with clown energy. Clown energy is blown into them in a red-tinted wind some kind of weird poison gas enters them and fills them with somersaults. Is that why uh, sailors take warning? Yes. If the sky's red in the morning? Yeah, it's like, oh shit. That's clown weather. Because <laughs> they knew a new batch of clowns were just baked up and they're, and they're out and about. And this is it's not near... safe to go fishing. That's clown weather. Is this, this is close to balloon country? 
Yeah, this is the next country over from balloon country. God help us. If, <clears> if they... the sky's red at night, the fishermen know that the clowns will have passed by the time they get up to catch fish. Yeah. And the fish will be feeding on the, the clown corpses, so it'll be good fishing. <laughs> the, did, the ones that didn't make it. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think David Attenborough can save this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after watching this fucking horror show, Gimme the Axe tells his children, Well next we come to Rutabaga country, where the big city is the village of liver and onions. And Put checks, all of this out of your minds, children. We're never gonna talk about it again. When it when it wakes you screaming from nightmares in the night, please don't come and tell me about it. We've witnessed it, we survived it. Our reward is the village of yeah. liver and onions in a rutabaga that is country. That. Uh, so he checks his pocket for the ticket one more time, and it's fine. Everything's fine. Great. Uh, the train kept going until it stopped moving in a straight line and started going in zigzags. And Gimme the Axe tells his kids, All right, kids. Watch for pigs with bib- bibs on them, because if we see pigs with bibs on them, we're in rutabaga country. <laughs> course. They're smorgasbordian. Uh, so the kids watch out the window and soon they see just so many fucking pigs with bibs on. Just pigs for miles. The checker pigs had checker bibs on. Are they banging little forks and knives on the ground? Unclear. Probably. The striped pigs had... Chanting sh- Rudabaga, Ruda, Ruda, Rudabaga. <laughs> That's almost more terrifying than clown country, but I don't think anything can be more terrifying than clown country. Depends if they're doing it uh, in in synchronicity or not. (laughs) The striped pigs had striped bibs on, and polka dot pigs had polka dot bibs on. Because you don't you don't mix and match your patterns. Everyone knows. Yeah, it's a fashion faux pas, and these pigs fucking know know that. Uh, so please, Gimme asks his father, "Well, who fixes it for the pigs to have bibs?" And the father That's answers, rude. "Fathers Clearly and the pigs do it. Fathers and mothers fix it for the pigs to have bibs. Checker pigs yeah. have checker fathers and mothers." And then he like lists out all the pig types, and they have the same type of father and mother. Um, but we had to like list all of them, just in case there was a curveball, right? But no, there isn't. So the train kept going in its zigzag pattern until it made it to the village of liver and onions, known as the biggest city in the big, big rutabaga country. Even though it's a village. So, what have we learned here, children? You're asking me? I'm about to tell you what we've learned here. Oh, good. I was not prepared. Yeah. You should study for these quizzes. Alright. Here's your study guide. If you're going to Rutabaga country, you will know when you get there, because the railroad tracks change from straight to zigzag, the pigs have bibs on, and the fathers and mothers fix it that way. (laughs) Any of those qualifications are not met. You're not in fucking Rutabaga country, you can stay your ass on that train. If the pigs have bibs on, but they like chose to put those bibs on themselves, you're in the wrong country. Fathers and mothers need to fix those bibs. And if you start to go to that country, remember, you must first sell everything you have 
put the spot cash money in a rag bag, and asked the ticket agent for a long, slick, yellow leather slab ticket with a blue spanch across it, and my advice is don't tell the ticket agent to look up what a spanch is, or you will be very displeased with your ticket experience. And you mustn't be surprised if the ticket agent wipes sleep from his eyes and asks, So far? So early? So soon? And that's the end of this story. Well, nothing to fix. Thanks for coming, everyone. We'll see you next week on What the Folklore. Sounds like an urban legend. Sounds like an urban legend filtered through like four different people's brain logic when it, they're sleeping. It is a rural legend. Are those different? <laughs> uh, more pigs in this one, I guess. It's <laughs> the main difference. You, you can tell between rural and urban legends on the number of pigs that appear within it. Yeah. I do legitimately love the imagery of the, like, balloon harvesters walking around on stilts. That's something. Like, I feel like that could have a place somewhere in some media. Um, but when you follow that up with... Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of... It's an interesting concept. And then you followed it up with the clown oven... Yeah, it's, clown it's so close nightmare. To, to clown country that I wonder if it, like... Do they share, like, are they part of the same ecosystem? Do clowns like, is the, feed is on Is the balloons? clown wind, right, is the clown wind necessary for the <laughs> balloon creation? I'd clown say probably you're harvesting the balloon wind for the, the clown creation. <laughs> like, you gotta, you know, slice open those balloons and let that red air just kind of wheeze out of them with a funny noise and, and collect that up. And then that's what gives the clowns their their breath of life that noise is really funny yeah that's why <laughs> that's, that's why the clowns are as they are it's because that the red wind is the the breath of life from balloons they feed that's to why, the, the clowns that's why we tolerate the whole system the white fire i have no idea i don't know what that is about or where it's coming from it does scare me but that all clowns go through a baptism by fire after being baked and dried in the sun. That is a lot of like heat applications to turn a, a mound of something into a clown. I'm not terribly surprised by it. It it fits. It just feels like it fits. I'm not shocked mm -hmm. that clown country is thematically horrifying in all ways. Yeah. Even in 1922, before Pennywise was written, and made sure that clowns were a terrifying experience for everyone. Carl Sandburg must be an interesting person to talk to. What a mind. Real visionary. I don't... Before his time, certainly. Yeah, I don't know that he'd be an easy person to talk to. This does make no. me want to reread The Phantom Tollbooth, though, and see, like, did you... Did you drink from the waters of Carl Sandburg? <laughs> from the rutabaga streams? Did you eat a rutabaga to power this tale? Because <laughs> I don't know that I, I know of anyone who has so effortlessly captured the essence of what it's like to dream. Like, I feel like Dolly would, would read a Sandberg story and be like, man, I am a hack. 
my surrealism game is it's pathetic compared to this man and his clown baptisms. Uh, do either of you have any further commentary on the tale of how they broke away to go to the rutabaga country? It's hard to apply much to this. It just kind of is what it is. You should tell the AI to make a clown bakery. A clown bakery? Yeah. Just just clown bakery? I mean, if you want to add other stuff, I'm not going to physically be able to stop you in any way. I'm going to say try clown bakery and then try clown birth. Because <laughs> I want to try and make this AI shiver. Um, I don't like that everybody can see what I'm asking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to make like a, a dummy account. This is visible. Like someone knows that I just asked for this. Um, well, I don't like this. <laughs> so that sounds accurate so far. Uh, here we go. Clowns being baked into existence. <laughs> yeah, that's... More or less what I was picturing. Yeah, that does there seem to are. capture the essence of... That's, uh, that second one in particular. Yeah. The yeah. first one, I think, is a, like a, a clown in the process of baking. Like, it's not completely finished. But yeah, that second one's that whole country summed up. Ugh. And for the listeners, these will be on Discord when the episode goes up. Do you have a clown birth coming? Uh, wait, do you want anything else in there? Or just clown no, birth? Um, just just clown birth just give it to it like open all right can't make some really cool stuff with this i think we already have i would i would just use the results of some of these for games projects um all right bad news for us trained and practiced illustrators (laughs) what bad news for us trained and practiced illustrators so easily replaced. All right. Not seeing a lot of birth. Maybe uh, clown baptism by fire. I think that's the last one I've got. This, this laptop's kind of chugging. There's no good image of a clown, though, is there? No, that's all horrifying. I'm probably going to have nightmares about the first one from clowns being baked in an oven. Or baked well, into existence. These are not going to help. <laughs> Uh, uh, (laughs) why did we get these how is this birth i don't really know why where the birth part is i mean that first one i guess kind of looks like a baby maybe (laughs) the the two on the right are particularly yeah, the bottom right with the balloons orbiting its head yeah. feels appropriate is, for this yeah. story. Why is it Canadian? Well, yeah, why, is it, why does it have a Canadian baseball jersey on? I don't know. The great, the great mystery of clowns. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for us. Let's yeah. <laughs> that's enough. That's enough of this. I need to go scrub my brain. Uh, so thank you 
uh, to everyone for listening to this show. If you want to see the nightmare images that Gordy has forced a robot to create for our entertainment, uh, you can join the Discord for as little as a dollar a month, and you'll see all of those images there, and you can also... Uh, see a lot of fun pet pictures and memes and if you're a writer we've got a writing group and everything starting there so it's a, a nice pocket family community who we love very much and thank you to pocket family for supporting the show and keeping us in business thank you to our top tier patrons nikki frog whisperer lucky biblio princess hiirius midori becca no lobster no longer the new and improved Haley, thimbles are a stitcher's best friend awkward Project Birdfall Informant, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Spaghetto Poppin' On Off with a Bang, Caitlin, Danielle, Dude Let Me In, I'm a Fairy, Don't You Believe in Fairies, Ya Girl Olwen, Allie, Knife Dad, Cobus Cat, Vespadesu, Versus, Keeper of Too Many OCs, Pyrus, Jessica, Nathan the Scott, Alex, Millipedish, I Have a Bad Case of Davian Flu, Maya, Hi Liz Tis of Wimbus, Gohan is a Punker, A Dubious Little Creature, Haley Prime, Dominic, Justin, Lily, Izzy, and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. We're what the folklore, and that's how it works. Beware the red wind. Let the wimbus touch your face with its six <laughs> soft fingers. <laughs> This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.